Hi, this is Amanda. And this is Lindsay. We're True Creeps. Where the stories are true. And the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore. To the possibly plausible paranormal. To horrifying history. To tense and terrible true crime. And everything else that goes bump in the night. We want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. everybody we're coming to you guys with an extra episode this week to talk to our favorite creeps about somebody who's missing right now we first heard about lucas horan from web sleuths and the true crime reddit and honestly his story is just heartbreaking and we're hoping to amplify the search so that his family and friends can find lucas so lucas was last seen on christmas eve so december 24th around 11 p.m in the evening and he was last seen in emeryville marina which is located in california his physical description from the National Missing and Unidentified Person System is he's a 39-year-old male. He's about 5'8". He is white, 145 pounds. He has brown shoulder-length hair, blue eyes, and he was last wearing gray fleece. If you do have any details to share with the police, you'll, you'll want to contact the Emeryville Police Department. Only contact them if you have actual leads because you've seen something or if you hear something from a reputable source. Unfortunately, they are getting lots of calls from people who should not be calling them trying to figure out the case. And everyone in the true crime community should know that is a no-no. Yeah. Don't reach out to them unless you have reputable information. With that being said... This case is pretty interesting, and the information that we will review with everyone is from his missing person's website and, like we said, the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. But at the end, we'll go through a few theories that we're seeing that are pretty common throughout the internet. But again, if you do think of something, feel free to comment and talk about it with us, but don't call the police unless you have actual leads. Yeah. And also his fiance did create a Facebook group to talk about the search for him. And we'll get into that in a little bit more later. But that is another source of information, as well as there's also a Facebook group where his family and friends are sharing like memories of him. But from everything I've seen, it looks like he's just an all around amazing person and that he is very loved and very missed. Agreed. And something that we should have probably already mentioned, he's a scientist. He works for Eureka Therapeutics as a research scientist studying ways to cure cancer. Yeah. So definitely need to find this man because he is saving a lot of people. Yeah. He's been published over 22 times and he's been cited over 650 times in other publications, which seems impressive to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And at 39 years old, that's incredible. Yeah. He's also an ultimate runner, which a runner sounds intense to me, but an ultimate runner sounds extra intense. Uh, I saw somewhere that it said that like a casual run for him was 50 miles. Does that blow your mind? That's insane. That's incredible to me. So to start, we're going to discuss the events of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. As we mentioned before, his fiance. Her name is Catherine Fisher. She goes by KK. So that's what we'll call her. She created a website and it's changed a little bit over time. She's added photos. She's added and removed pages or information. And then it seems like it changed in style a little bit from what I've seen as well. We happen to see it in these different phases. So we might reference pages that aren't there any longer at the time of this recording. And so we'll mention that as well if they're not longer up. 
Yeah. We're going to go through a timeline that is constructed from a previous section that was on her website titled KK's Side of the Story. Additionally, on the WebSooth forum for Lucas Horan, there's a verified insider that knows Lucas and his family and friends. And just as a note, to become a verified insider on the WebSooth forum, you have to be a person who WebSooth can verify knows the players or have been named in the media. And this doesn't include people who may befriend like someone to know more about the case. Like you have to actually know people. And you have to be able to actually add information. So we'll kind of interject that in the timeline as we go. But we'll note if it's from them. So Christmas Eve, Lucas and KK were heading to Sacramento to buy a meteor around 1230 p.m. This was a Christmas gift that he was gifting to her. Yeah. So very interesting Christmas gift. She has a fascination with space. So very fitting. Yeah. A thoughtful gift. Right. And according to the website, and this is part of the the KK side of the story, I believe that was taken down. Yeah. Lucas and KK began to argue. And per KK, it wasn't about anything in particular. It was just a couple's fight. It happens. Yeah. KK pulled off the highway and into a Costco parking lot. They continued to argue. So they both went for walks. So it sounds like they both went separate ways just to cool off. KK went to a nearby dog park, which is exactly where I would go to. Same. (laughs) And Lucas walked towards the bulb. KK called the person who they were supposed to meet to build the meteor, and she pushed the time back, so for the appointment, back to 5 p.m. KK and Lucas texted while they were walking apart. And in one of the texts, Lucas says, I feel like I need to prepare to spend the next seven days alone, Hmm. which is very strange. Yeah, It's a very strange thing to say, and especially on Christmas Eve, that's a very strange thing to text anyone, but let alone on a holiday, right? Yeah. So in their text, they kind of, they reconcile. They decide they're going to continue on to go get the meteor. So KK picks up Lucas and they head towards Solano Avenue to get food before driving again. In her website, KK says, again, I felt like the energy was very negative and I asked him to get out of the car. So at this point, they're around Solano Avenue, which is about five to six miles away from Lucas's boat. So he walks back. An interesting note from what the WebSleuth verified user was that they stated that they were friends with a person that Lucas had texted after KK dropped him off and that they can confirm that they did part ways and that the person who had spoken with him, they they even talk about the fight. So KK still went to Sacramento to acquire the meteor, though. On the way back, she thanked Lucas for the gift and then they kind of texted on and off all night and they seemed friendly and things were going well. They even confirmed that Lucas would come to KK's house on Christmas morning at 7 a.m., so bright and early. He was supposed to meet her pretty early because they were planning on spending Christmas afternoon at KK's ex-husband's house. His name's Stefan. And the reason why they were going over there is because KK has two daughters with Stefan. So, of course, she wanted to be with her kids for Christmas. Yeah. And there's also another wrinkle that we'll go over in a moment or two of why she wanted him to be there. Right. So Lucas invited her to the boat, but she declined because she was trying to get ready for Christmas. And for every parent out there in the world, you know, Christmas Eve is a marathon. (laughs) I am normally up at least until three or four helping Santa with things. So I get it. That sounds exhausting. I get it. So Lucas didn't know this, but KK was planning to propose to him on Christmas afternoon at Stefan's house because she wanted her daughter's present. 
And so I think a lot of people found that a little suspicious. They were like, oh, it's strange that she's going to propose to him when they're already engaged. And that didn't strike me as strange at all, because like in the queer community, that's something that that's relatively common is that that both partners might propose to one another. Don't see it in many heterosexual seeming relationships, but it's not altogether uncommon in the queer community. So I was like, oh, okay, it's just her turn. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay," And I moved forward. But some people were like, that's really weird. And I believe she said she had three rings. So one for him and then two for the daughters. That's sweet. And so it would make sense to like, because they're joining everyone together. And I believe in one of her posts, she said something about being a package deal, which is absolutely true. Yeah. So Lucas told her that he was going to spend some time with his neighbor. So KK believes that Lucas and his neighbor were hanging out. They might have been smoking pot, possibly drinking. But according to her, he's pretty good when when he does do anything like that. He's still self-aware and everything. So he was just hanging out with a friend, it sounds like. Normal night. Yeah. So and it's the next part that gets a little stranger. So Lucas and his neighbor go for a boat ride. That part's not strange. But when they're about 100 to 200 yards away from the shoreline, Lucas decides that he's going to swim back to shore. And so this is December. It's cold. In California, it is nighttime. The water is very cold. From what we know, he was wearing at least a gray fleece. They think jeans and maybe tennis shoes. So he would have been heavier than he would have been otherwise. Yeah. That's kind of one of the concerns, right, is that he was wearing very dense clothing while making this swim. And so his neighbor thinks he saw Lucas climb up the rocks to get back to shore, but he's not certain. That's really hard to tell. And I tried to look up a bunch of pictures of the marina and like what it would have been like. And of course, all of them are daytime photos, but I'm trying to note where like lights are and Again, without being there, it's hard to say. But I don't know if I could verify that someone made it onto shore unless I saw them literally go all the way up to like where one of the street lights are posted or one of the walkway lights are posted. And from everything I see, it's something like he saw Lucas make it to the rocks and start to climb onto the shore. Yeah. It's just hard to say, you know, without verifying and and just putting myself in that situation. I mean, I understand he was like kind of a free spirit and he... He was an extreme athlete. So yeah, yeah. But I feel like even I would be like very worried (laughs) when someone were to jump out of my boat. Oh, yeah. Okay. I say that I would have made sure they got to shore. But like, if you knew this guy, maybe you'd be like, there's no way he's going to have a problem. You know what I mean? Because like the physical endeavors he has succeeded at are so impressive that if you knew him really well, you might be like, he's fine. No, it's true. And on the WebSleuth forum, the verified user even said, like, this is that's him. Typical Lucas behavior. Like, yeah, he is the type of person who kind of like doesn't hesitate when it comes to like doing something that other people might kind of like falter on. Mm-hmm. He's just like ready to go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like if he's that kind of person, I could see being like, he's got this. It's true. I'm a stress basket, though. I mean, same. Same. So on Christmas Day, KK assumes that Lucas overslept when he didn't show up at her house at 7 a.m. And she said, like, this wouldn't be uncharacteristic of him. She called his cell phone, but it wouldn't have been the first time that he didn't charge his phone and it died. So she wasn't altogether concerned. She dials into an 8 a.m. Zoom call with his family, thinking that he's going to be on there and he's not. She's like, that's a little strange. And she even, like, reaches out to one of her friends to, like, be like, should I be concerned about this? And I think the friend was like, no, it's fine. Like, things happen. 
and maybe you ever slept. And so at 2 p.m., she's at Stefan's house with her kids to do Christmas and he doesn't show up. And that's where she's starting to get like really, really concerned. I feel like that's probably also like when he's late, I wonder if she like noticed more because it's not just a normal day. General celebrations. It's, yeah, it's not a normal day. It's not a normal holiday. It's the day you might propose. Yeah. So she does do the Christmas activities with her girls and then she goes to the marina to check on Lucas. KK couldn't find Lucas, so she asked the neighbors about him. The neighbor who he had been with that night was surprised that Lucas wasn't on his boat. And then that's when they called police because now both people didn't know where he was. And what's interesting is that the neighbor called the police mm-hmm. and then the police called KK. And then that's when the investigation launched. I just thought that was a little interesting. Not good, not bad, not weird, not suspicious, just interesting. And yeah, yeah, we're not placing blame on anyone, but it, it could be that she wasn't completely 100% worried that something happened to him quite yet, only because it sounds like it wasn't unlike him to just go adventuring either. I mean, it, it seems like it would be unlike him to miss a holiday. But again, that's that's just my speculation. Because of him being such a free spirit and everything, maybe he, I don't know, went for a run or, you know, did one of his typical hangouts. I don't know. Yeah. So this is when the yeah investigation launched. A couple other facts, and this is taken again from the website, and we'll, we'll post it all too. Lucas's car is still at the marina. There's no indication that he had any of his running gear on him. Remember, he's an experienced runner. He has nice gear. He does tons and tons of runs. And from what I understand, even like around the world, he does different runs. There's no evidence that he returned to his boat after he got out of the water. Per the Web Sleuth verified user, to the running community, the crazy part is that he did not take his running vest. He could make it hundreds of miles in jeans and running shoes, even with little to no food. But to not have his running vest is a red flag in these circles. I didn't know a running vest was that big of a deal. I didn't either. I feel like when somebody has like a passion or an interesting thing in their life, the layperson would not even pick up on that. No. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, he's an adventurer. He went adventuring. This person's like, "Mm, but there's like a critical tool that we know that he would have brought most likely. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, if he's wearing running shoes, what else do you need? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They even went on to say, I can't imagine him leaving that if he were going out for a long adventure. Also, he has dropped off the grid on long adventures before, but there have always been one to two people that have known where he is that he keeps in touch with. So like Amanda said, it wasn't unusual for him to kind of take a few days but he would have let someone know and even if that person wasn't KK he would have told someone and maybe I wonder also like maybe that's why she hesitated a little bit because she was like let me like ask around right and if I was the neighbor I would have been like no I'm the last person who saw him I'm calling the police right now like right now because I am the last person and so yeah both make sense to me. So KK and Lucas had broken up and gotten back together shortly before Lucas proposed and I want to say he proposed in October yeah, and I think they've been back together like two months. So, mm-hmm. so a couple of the the players in this, then you can say the neighbor. I have not found any information on the neighbor, which I feel like is really odd, especially because they were the last person to see Lucas. Yeah, and there are news articles about right. Lucas's disappearance, but there's not many, and I haven't seen any that are very, very recent. They're, they're, I think most of them are published like a day or two after he had gone missing, mm-hmm. and they don't provide a lot of information no just pictures for the most part pictures and last scene yeah and per the web sleuth verified user the neighbor has been extensively questioned which in the forums that we've read that's like one of the biggest questions is like the neighbor (laughs) because they were the last person to see lucas right so the next person we're going to talk about is his fiance kk so we're going to share some facts i think 
from everything we've seen, I see the most people speculating that she has something to do with it. And we we bring this this stuff up just so you have a complete picture. I personally think that she's done a lot to try to find her fiance and my heart hurts for her. Like there's some stuff that's questionable, but I also think that I haven't been in that. Yeah, I haven't been in that situation. And if my husband went missing, I'm sure people would be like, you had a stupid fight. And I'd be like, you're right. I did. Like, I'm not a perfect human and therefore things happen. But so she started using past tense to describe Lucas pretty early on. And so also she has a Facebook group to talk about the search for him and to help organize other people to look for him. And so some of the ways in which she's done that is she's created, she's like a Google spreadsheet where she lists over 80 trails that she thinks he may have gone to and to try to get people to help canvas and post flyers. Pretty sure she's printed out flyers and posted them everywhere she could think to. And she has a Strava run application. I don't run. I don't know how those things work. (laughs) But on the website, it links the Strava run. And she has people to wear onesies to look for him because that was something that he did. So kind of like a way to celebrate him. The word she uses is to honor him so people get a little bit cagey like why are you trying to honor someone who you don't know is gone or not right and i'm like don't word police someone who's grieving come on no but that's part of like if you look through a lot of true crime stories i know it's different for like a fiance but like parents right yeah parents keep all the stuff just as they left it or yeah even sometimes after they find out that they died they still leave it for a long time. So it is kind of strange to like not hold on to that hope. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I think I meant more so not so much on like the whether or not she was hopeful portion of it, but like her saying to honor him means that she assumes X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I was like, you don't know that. But so on her Strava app in January alone, she's traversed 112 miles on foot looking for him. That's insane to me, too. And that seems like incredible devotion to me to try to find somebody. But so she has very long posts on Instagram. Yes. Where she shares a lot of feelings. And me personally, I don't post a lot of like feeling stuff because that's just not my communication style. Right. Me too. But it seems like that's that is hers. Like if you scroll back, you can see that like she has flowery ways of describing what her world is like in that moment. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it's abnormal for her. And even in the Facebook group where it's talking about his search, someone was saying that it seems like she did it. And partially because of like her posts, because she stares too much per this person. And somebody who knows KK was like, she's an anxious rambler. Like in real life, that's how she talks. And I was like, I know so many people who I love and trust and think wonderful things about who when they tell me a story, it's like a half hour when it could have been three minutes yes. because they're sharing every detail because they're painting this picture and because they remember it this vividly. So they're giving you their full experience. That's kind of how she comes across to me is like, here is everything. And also like, I'm going to answer every question you might have before you ask it. Mm-hmm. And also from the Facebook group, the impression that I got was that the reason why she created the website was because people kept asking her the same questions and like which is fair fair and could you imagine how emotionally draining that would be to be like yeah we fought that day yeah we did this then we did this then we did this and it's like having to repeat it over and over and over uh-huh. to like family and friends like that sounds like it would be draining but also it's one thing to tell you know detectives and family and friends but it's another thing too when you're asking the public's help to answer it to a total stranger over and over again too yeah Another removed page was Call Notes, and it was KK's call with Detective Mayorga. And that was on January 6th of this year at about 3 p.m. The detective was feeling irritated with armchair detectives who were calling in and looking for more information. Fair. 
The detective also suggested that KK take the page down, which I, I see both sides to that because also like you could get a random piece of information from someone who may not have been close to the situation, but stumbled upon a page that someone shared. Also from the page, it said the lack of transparency from the police department as to what information has been collected and what has not been is frustrating. Which feels fair, but also like reasonable that they wouldn't be sharing every piece of information they collect. Yeah. Well, they they can't share everything, especially if someone might be a possible suspect. Or if they have a website, right? Like she has these these call notes up. Yeah. Also on the website, it said that the detective told me he was working on a lot of rape cases this week. And so I would understand why those need to take priority over Lucas's case, where he has likely drowned. And if he hasn't, he voluntarily left on an adventure or voluntarily decided he no longer wanted this life here. I feel like that's a very strange thing to say to someone. And a little heartless, if I'm being frank. Absolutely. I'm not saying like, of course, rape cases matter. Of course. However, Lucas's case mattered too. Like, yeah, they're both important. I don't know. I just, I don't even have words for just kind of how cruel that seems to be. Like, your fiance probably is probably dead because he drowned. Like, don't worry. Well, don't worry. And we don't really have time for this. Yeah, don't bother me. And the problem is, we've seen this before in other cases that we've researched. Yeah. Where the police or the detectives or whoever's investigating are just so busy that it's hard to put their focus on each case, which I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm sure they're overworked, too. But there has to be a better system. Yeah. And a kinder way of interacting with a victim's with with the victim's family. Yeah. So she goes on to describe why she understands that would be more of a priority. But I don't think I would understand. Like, I feel like a rape and a missing person are pretty high level or like high priority. Right. I agree. I agree. I will say, though, however, like she's some time into this at this point and she seems like she's giving like 300 percent. And so it seems like as time goes on, she becomes more and more convinced that we're dealing with Lucas going and going on an adventure or deciding that like this isn't the life that he wants. And I think that's why that she's like, it's because of this. And so an example of like the way that she uses flowery language is like in this post when she's talking with the call notes, she says Lucas is a special breed of human, if human at all, which is like a very flowery way of, of speaking, but just kind of like saying that he's an extraordinary human. Yeah. Which is why this next part, I feel like, is kind of a hard pill to swallow for people who are following along. On January 7th, she announces that she's giving up her search for Lucas on a long Facebook post. And so she says, I'm letting go of attempting to find Lucas. I do not believe Lucas drowned and I do not believe he is dead. I know Lucas and I believe he's alive someplace. I believe that similar to me, he became overwhelmed with the immense cruelty of this world. It breaks my heart to know I pushed him over that edge, but I have given up on being able to find him. If he wants to come back, he will. She talks about how folks have emailed her about her fishy behavior. And then she says, there's, there's more to this, but I think I pulled out like the most salient parts that I saw. It was, thank you for everything that you have done. You're welcome to continue searching if you would like to. But my preference would be for everyone to just let go and go back to their families and lives and not waste any more time searching for him. I believe he will come back when he wants to. So I'm just going to say, and everything with this is pure speculation, obviously. I don't know these people. But reading that makes me feel like she might possibly know where he is. I don't know if you get that thought. It's like telling someone to stop looking for someone 
and just like and call off the search, like not even saying I'm going to take a step back. It's everyone take a step back. I feel like there's more to it. So she has other interesting Instagram behavior. There's a lot of posts. We're not going to talk about all of them because the moral of the story is not. Do we find some of her Instagram behavior different than what we would do? Yes. But she posted a photo of their certificate of domestic partnership on the 9th, which it's kind of confusing why she posted it. I think it was kind of maybe like a memory because she has like a princess and a prince yeah. like on it in her little Instagram story thing. So I think like maybe it was supposed to be sweet. Just simple Google. It says the the question is, how long do you have to be together for a domestic partnership? And the answer is six months. But didn't they just get back together? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's just weird to me. Yeah, it's it's a little odd. It's a little odd. And so after she posts the photos of the domestic partnership, she has an Instagram story and it's like a little graphic that says, What's the cruelest thing someone said to you while you're grieving? It may not be that verbatim, but that was the gist. And there was a woman on Facebook who commented, so you did it, right? She's like, regardless of your opinions, not necessary. Yeah. Even if you believe that she did, that's not the appropriate place to talk about it. She's not the appropriate person to talk to. Like, if you think someone's a murderer, why would you poke them? No. Let's start there. That's just not smart, in my opinion. And then also, people who know her know him. So, like, just making more hurt. Like, do not insert yourself in their family dynamics but anyway i digress so she posts this this picture and the next photo is a pair of like yellow like dishwashing gloves with red liquid next to it it's pretty clear it's not blood the implication is that it's blood yeah it's like thin and you can see through it yeah and then there's like a zoomed out picture and there's like you can see more of her counter or table with the gloves and the red juice and then you zoom back a little bit more and you can see that it's pomegranate juice and perhaps this is her saying that if you don't see the full picture, you don't understand. But it also seems like a really macabre commentary to have if you're a person is missing. And so that's kind of like another critique is that like her reactions are sometimes opposite of what you kind of expect. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean she did something, but it is very strange. Yeah. It, it's like it's drawing attention. And that's, that's kind of problematic because she should not be the focus right now. But she kind of is when people are talking about this, when the focus should be this brilliant and wonderful person who is missing. Right. But attention's getting pulled in different directions. And so, you know, I think she's, for the most part, living her life and trying to, like, help the search. And then for whatever reason, the attention is being pulled because it's like, what if this? What if that? And people kind of, like, nitpicking everything she says and going, like, this is another thing to put in the KK did a bucket. Right. Right. It is very strange. And maybe that's just the way that she deals with the stress of it all. However, if let's say, I mean, if someone did say you did it right, or she's getting all of these messages, and I'm sure there's more. I'm sure that a lot of people are attacking her about things. Why continue to post and why not make your profile private is my idea. You know, like if someone was attacking me or my thoughts or my opinions or whatever, I would probably just make my profile private private and kind of hide out for a bit i'm gonna be honest with you i know some people who put it all out there like i'm talking they put it out there they put like everything (laughs) but if you don't want the attention or you're upset about it and it's harming you mentally that's an easy fix it is an easy fix but i think in the same respect it would look suspicious i guess it might look suspicious that doesn't seem like so far that's been a concern will i seem suspicious if i do xyz but i think more like if she is private then less people are looking and less people are seeing him and honestly like okay on a side note say all of her behavior was to get more people to look for lucas that's that could be it what if she's just like crazy brilliant a genius and she knows that if she gets people talking about it he's going to get found 
Yeah, I mean, that that is an absolute possibility. But I am just saying, like, if she posted that other thing about, like, I need to just step back, everyone should stop. And she posted the what is the worst thing someone said while you're grieving. It seems like it is taking a toll on her. It, rightly so. I feel like it would take a toll on any any human being that was going through that. But it just, yeah, it seems very weird to me. And instead of like, if let's say it was the the goal was to get more people to look at it, then yeah, the website would be the place to keep posting this stuff or the Facebook group that she made that's tied to the website. But the Facebook group that she made is you have to apply to join it so she can deny you. So it's private. Make it open. I think one of the reasons why it is closed is because this way they have some semblance of control over like who's in it and who's posting things. Because it, I honestly, I don't know if it was originally if it was public, even as it is in that group, there are people being like, it's shady you did this, it's shady you did that. Like on these comments where like people are trying to have a productive conversation about ways to search. I'm like, oh my gosh, not the no. time for this, not the place for this. And so- I think that's why is to kind of try to hold back some of that negativity. But and even interestingly, too, when she originally spoke with Detective Mayorga on the website, he even asked her to take the website yeah. down. And she was like, unless I have a good reason to do so, I'm not. So like she streamlined it. Right. Like remember before I was like, she's kind of pulling focus. She even like adjusted the website to be more him centralized so that it's not like my story. And this is what I think happened. It's like, here's what you need to know to be able to be helpful. The first thing I looked at was the website and the fact that she put KK's side of the story was very strange wording for me because if someone was missing that I loved and cared about, I would say, here's what happened or here's what I know from that day. I wouldn't say my side of the story because my side of the story makes me think there's another side of the story. Yeah, that's fair. That's the kind of thing that like you have like these initial gut feelings when you first hear about the case. And it's like the more and more I looked at it, the more I was like, there's guilt versus personality. And like it could be either. And I think some folks are just like, no, this isn't how I would act. So like, no. And that's not a reason to message someone. And that's not a reason to call the detective. The detective can see everything that you're seeing. <laughs> so unless there's another fact or another, I don't know, witness that comes forward, it just seems kind of silly. Just as another interesting note, we've talked about this web sleuth verified user many a times. But one of the other fascinating things that they said was that law enforcement did a full day search of the water in the marina, including a dive team and a sonar scan the Sunday after Christmas. And there was also a coordinated coastal search where dozens of people covered 13 miles of coastline pretty extensively at a negative low tide on the Monday after Christmas. They also said from their understanding, his case is low priority with the Emeryville law enforcement right now, but it's not really clear why. There's many, many reasons why it could be low priority, but it might mean that they know something that obviously all of us don't, that maybe there is a clue that he used, let's say his bank card somewhere or yeah, they, they have a pretty good lead to where he is possibly. And again, yeah. speculation, I don't work for them. I don't know. But just going off of other cases that we've seen, but also we have seen cases where it isn't that. It's just they're overworked and overwhelmed and they have to prioritize something that maybe they can solve a little bit faster or easier or they have more clues. So I guess it could go either way. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea on timing and priority. So from the WebSleuth website, from Reddit, from other online forums we've looked at, as well as her website, there's a few different theories. 
A lot of them are repeated over and over again. But we're going to talk a little bit about those. One of the common theories that I have seen several times is that this is all a social experiment. And it's to basically look at how everyone reacts to this happening or possibly happening, and that they're just seeing how people are going to insert themselves into a random case that they found, which is very, very interesting. I'm I'm kind of hoping that it is something like that just to see. I would love for that to be the case and for there to be no sad family and fiance and friends like mm-hmm. test this away, baby, if it means that somebody out there is safe. Right. And then like we've already talked about several times, many people believe that KK has something to do with his disappearance. Not necessarily that he's dead. Maybe he he could have been murdered. I don't know. Maybe he could have simply drowned. But a, a lot of people suspect that KK knows more or had a hand in his disappearance in some fashion. Again, we mentioned it before, but a lot of people suspect the neighbor, last person to see him, as also as well as the fact that they can't definitively say whether he made it to shore or not. Seems suspicious, but it also we also know that he's been extensively questioned. Um, and then like the the theory that KK has now which is he's off adventuring and that he's taken a break from his life. That one's just very strange to me. He is a scientist who theoretically would have had to go to work or taken PTO or like I would imagine if he had taken time off, his employers would have been like, hey, yeah, he's taken time off. Right, right. Like That had to be like a first question that a police detective went to because and I feel like the news stories or even KK would have said for some, you know, he took two weeks off. He took three weeks yeah. off, whatever. But it could be different for how they operate. I don't know. But most people returned to work the mon- the first Monday in January. So it, I would think that we would have seen more to that if, if, if his work did know anything. But off adventuring, sure. But I feel like for the type of work he has, he would have planned it. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, at the very least, like called out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if he didn't plan it, from the website, she kind of talks through, like, what he had and what he didn't have. And one of the things he didn't have was his cell phone. Like, I believe that was still in the boat. Yeah, no cell phone, but he might have had a bank card with him. Yeah. Which is, everyone knows that's pretty easy to trace. And then another common theory is that he drowned when he was swimming to shore, which Naya Rivera died that same way. But I don't believe that they even found her body for a couple days and they knew exactly where she had disappeared from. Yeah. So I don't think it's that uncommon. I know the marina is situated a little bit different than where she disappeared from. But also, I don't know, water's unpredictable. Things could have happened. Different boats going in and out of the marina when he disappeared. And I mean, it was Christmas Eve. So a lot of people had more on their minds than normal, you know, busier. And I know in a prior episode, we've talked about where you could see something or not see something because your mind is busy. Yeah. Exactly. Another interesting fact is the missing person poster. There's a picture of Lucas. It looks like he's wearing his running vest and his gear. And then there's a picture of a carton of half and half with a picture of him cut out and glued to the side of the half and half with the word missing on top. Like they made their own milk carton. And at first I was like, that's suspicious. But then I was like, I cope with any bad thing in my life with humor. And I think that I would probably end up doing something equally as odd if Ben went missing. The, the, the thing that honestly got my attention more is the the top of it says $2,000 reward for safe return of this missing man. I've never seen a missing persons poster 
with that wording. When I've personally looked at missing person posters, I haven't really noticed the language on there. It's typically like the picture, the age, where they went missing from is what I pay attention to. Even if it said something like very strange, like, have you found this platypus enthusiast? I probably wouldn't even see it. Well, just missing man. His name's not even the largest thing on this poster. His name is hard to find. That's true. It says, have you seen our very loved Lucas? Last name, Horan or Savage. He could be going by either. And then it has, you know, his details. It is a good picture of him. It shows just like his body type. His physique, his face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everything. And then the other strange thing was if found, bring him to the Emeryville Police Department or contact us with his location at. And I don't know how one gets one to a police department. Most of the posters that I've seen say, if seen, please contact 911 or contact the detective working the case even. And then for more information, it does have his the website that was created. And then thank you, we miss him like crazy. So our art that we're going to add to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter will have the missing poster in it. So should you have any information or if you'd like to help with the search... You can take a peek at that. The website that KK created is whereislucas.com. So you can visit that as well. Hopefully he's found safe. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you this Friday. This audio has been added to a previously recorded episode. On January 11th, the East Bay Times reported that a body had been found at 11 a.m. Sadly, a little after noon on January 12th, the Bay City News Service reported that the body has been confirmed to be that of Lucas Horan. Our deepest sympathies go out to his family and friends. Any additional updates will be included separately. Thanks for listening. For more information on our sources, please visit our website, truecreeps.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at truecreepspod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash truecreepspod, and on Twitter at truecreeps. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps.